tough like we got we landed in Brisbane at like 10 p.m and like I thought like I was in Melbourne like there last year and the longest part getting through is obviously like kind of nothing to declare part the part of coming into Australia I thought that was going to be the longest part of it like with this the same thing coming to Brisbane but with the whole quarantine like we got through that really quickly and but then we were just waiting around we had to wait for a bus because um, there's obviously only certain hotels that are used for quarantine. So there was obviously our whole flight was full. So I think the hotel that we were staying in, like the whole flight was going here. Well, most of it. So we had to wait for another bus to have brought like the, the gang in front of us in. And then after that, like we had to wait like outside. Like, so we were literally on the bus as well outside the hotel. Like we didn't get into our room till about 3 a.m. Like after landing and and like the, the hotel's only 15 minutes away. And um, so it was, it was tough. Like we didn't even get to like get that much fresh air in like getting off the plane. Like literally as you walked out to the bus and when you got off the bus, that was the only fresh air I've gotten since being in Australia. So um, it's been tough, like looking at Brisbane from a window, especially not ever being in Brisbane as well. So it feels weird that I've been here for two weeks and haven't seen anything. Other than well, I I'm lucky. Goldie has like a view of nothing, whereas I'm looking out at the the river, so it's not too bad. Yeah, and I suppose probably take that a bit for granted, not being able to be outside for two full weeks. Like it's something that you usually take for granted that you can go outside, but like not being actually able to go outside must be challenging. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it's I think we were hopeful because um few areas like Perth and like Sydney and stuff I heard that like I think Melbourne as well like you you were never allowed kind of go outside whereas Brisbane they were allowing people to get like a half an hour fresh air every day so we were kind of like hopeful for that but then there was like they're really like proactive like they're they're, they're not like Ireland where they allow like numbers obviously of COVID to get really high before acting on anything whereas I think like in our, or sorry, a cleaner in one of the hotels here got COVID or something, and and from being in one of the clean like cleaning like cleaning the rooms, um, or so it's something along those lines, and then like they they kind of cut everything off then like any any uh, like any going outside like kind of getting fresh air. So no, you definitely would take it for granted. Like like even like a day that you spend inside, like if like say you're just not feeling going outside, like I'd actually think. Like I'd never, never not go outside again, like for a period, like it's just it's weird, like especially I've enjoyed my own company to an extent, um, but like two weeks is very too long and especially with no fresh air as well. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been strange. It, it must be hard as well when you're by yourself as well and the time difference in Ireland as well, like the social interaction must be one of the hard things as well. 
Yeah, no, to be fair, um, like we were kind of asked with the girls that we want to be put in the same room, but like I, like it's totally different living together, like, you know what I mean, for a like, few months and then being in a hotel room together for two weeks, like full two weeks, not being, so we decided to like go in our own rooms, but we've been really like, like good, we've talked all the time, like we do video calls sometimes, like when one of us has no motivation to maybe do, or does our feeling down and like don't feel like doing it like session, like a gym session or like a bike session, we'll FaceTime and do it together and stuff like that. So I have that kind of social interaction, but as you said, like no, like, human interaction like face to face is very strange and then yeah the time difference is annoying but the only thing is is that like i have people up that are up at, like set like the, the time difference is 10 here and it's not 11 like um melbourne so even that extra hour like in the mornings like if i'm up early and then like my family generally are up early so from seven and like they're all at home so like I'm actually chatting a good bit so like my whole evening I'm able to talk to them which isn't the worst because I know it's going to be a lot different when I'm obviously doing things in Melbourne and training and everything else that I won't get those opportunities so maybe like it doesn't still doesn't feel like I'm away yet because I haven't do you know what I mean it doesn't feel like I've actually moved away at such because I've literally just been on my own doing nothing like it just feels like I'm literally just in my room kind of a thing but um yeah no I think definitely the social interaction um as much as I enjoyed like a few days at the start with my own company I'm just kind of like so sick of it and I don't think I'd ever want to do this two weeks again and as well like I suppose we've seen tennis players uh similar to yourself quarantine and they were preparing but like when you're actually running in the hotel room, that must be seriously tough. Yeah, we didn't get our bike because Brisbane went into like a three day lockdown, obviously not too long, but it was a bit more difficult to get gear to us at the very start. So we were supposed to get, like we got a bike kind of midweek last week, kind of only like I think maybe Thursday or Friday. And um, so we were kind of like, we were trying to like, I, I just done like a 1K up and down to the door. Um, it is it's tough it's more like I think it like I've tried to like walk as well like reading and I think that's even worse like when you're reading walking and you're that feels good and then when you stop you feel really dizzy because you're obviously just doing the same turn around up and down and there's obviously not a lot of space but you know the running was difficult and um but everything else has been not too bad like we got kettlebells and stuff and then we all brought all brought bands to do workouts so that's been okay, but it's more just the the aircon is terrible and wine's leaking, like has been leaking since last week and they keep telling me it's something to do with condensation, but like at one point it pours, so I'm like, and I think goalies fell out of the ceiling at one point, so it's not the greatest um, and like it doesn't go down any cooler, so it's quite annoying and it's the, like even just doing like a simple, like even yoga, like which like, yes, it can be tough, but like, you wouldn't make or wouldn't sweat that much whereas like just this like the same air and nothing like the, the room not being that cold like it's just it's just disgusting and sleeping in the same room like all we do is keep asking for new sheets because like it's just like the like it's just oh it's just rotten like I just can't wait like I've never seen just like it just because you're obviously it's just you in this one room and then obviously we're exercising as, as well on top of it so 
oh, it's just mank, and they won't give us a hoover because it's cross-contamination or something. So literally, and like, it's one of those carpets where you can see everything. So yeah, no, I can't wait to like actually have a room for sleeping in and then an area for like being like, like just living, like cooking, eating and not have everything in the same room, being able to go outside, exercise, etc. So yeah, no, it's not, it's not the most uh, enjoyable experience, but yeah, no, we're, we're getting there. And you're in that journey um, first year with Melbourne this year. How did it um, actually come about? Um, so the combine in like the first European combine was held in Dublin in 2019 in December and um, when they were running it some uh, guy got onto my dad um, and just kind of was like would Lauren be interested in taking part and um, so just because it was so like handy like I was only in UCG and up the road like for me and I'm only like five minutes away um, it was kind of a no-brainer to just give it a go and then especially because the girls and um, the two like Dublin girls had like said yes or had, like that was the first their first year going over like it kind of made it easier to be like oh yeah no I may as well just like give it a try like I may as well just do the trials and see how I get on and um, but Todd the scout for Melbourne was there he was one of the only um scouts actually there physically like as in the only one that had come over from Australia there was a guy from Geelong but he was Irish I think he was actually he was living here so he was just able to come up himself from the country and then um like the rest was like just videoed and it was sent to clubs but like I just thought well we got I got chatting to Todd straight away and kind of was in contact with like very early on in the in the combine with him and um, so it was it was quite positive and then like it was really positive obviously went over in March to kind of see got to see the girls play but it was the start of like Covid um, and I got back on time whatever to like just before it all kicked off with us in lo the first lockdown but um, we like I was like it was very positive all the way up and then obviously Covid was getting worse and you know obviously they had like their season their like the end of their season was cancelled and then like it was just everything like you know like you'd obviously think of financial strains with every every type of sport um so i just presumed oh like i didn't like i kind of presumed early on i kind of had it was like oh maybe it won't happen this year hopefully like i'll get another chance next year with everything going on um but like so what basically it was told one week that i got they, they didn't think that they were able to bring me over and especially like with the fact that if like the the county like season was still like in the air whether it was going on and if it was going it was if it was going to go ahead we would like miss and um, if we were lucky enough to get to the final we were going to miss like basically the whole of pre-season and for me as well as a new player like learning a new sport or like new sport and like skills and rules compared to the girls and um, it was a lot harder to go over so um, but then, then Todd was like, he rang me the next week and I think I was on my way home from like Croke's training. And I kind of was like, like, I, I was like, what, like, what's, what? Because he had literally only told me, like, I don't think it was going to happen. And then I wasn't expecting, I think it was just, I thought he was just looking for a chat. So it was kind of like, you're come, uh, like, we can offer you the contract. So I was very lucky to still be able to been offered it, as I said, with the year it's been. And obviously haven't played the sports and like they're taking a gamble on me coming over so late as well the fact that we weren't we were trying to get out 
to like to Australia like from the 26th of December onwards and we couldn't get a flight till the 7th so like it was we were even lucky enough to get a flight because of the way Ireland had got so bad and obviously London or like England sorry and a lot of the flights were going from London so we were lucky enough to get even a flight out of it like it was all a bit mad like you had to have exempt forms for coming into the country and then like then from here to then we have to get like forms to get into Melbourne and because going from Queensland to Victoria like it's it's all a bit mental but I'm lucky to be <laughs> lucky to have gotten the chance and to be actually here. And I suppose starting the sport um, next week with Melbourne is the hardest thing you think just going to be adapting to I suppose the skills and the rules of the game? Yeah, no, I think it definitely will be, like, I know, like, watching back, like, the girls last year, like, there was a few times that, like, goalie didn't know the rules and, like, gave, like, drop, put the ball down for a dare free kick and, like, she gave away a 50-metre mark, like, free, like, which is, like, ridiculous when you think about, like, how much, like, 50 metres brings it up, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it definitely is, like, even they were saying, like, when the ball goes out of bounds or out, like, if it's kicked out and it's, like it's like in the middle, like if it's kicked out by someone, it's a, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a, like a free kick to the other team. So like, obviously like the way we would, like if we were last to like touch the ball and it goes outside, it's obviously the other team's kick. Whereas like when it goes out, outside in the, like the arcs, it's, um, it's what you call it, it's what, or it's a throw ball, but they, they turn around and throw it up like behind them. And obviously Goldie and Macker said that like in training, like they didn't, they weren't doing that. So when the first match came, even though like they had watched the match, they just weren't expecting it. And Goldie's like, why is he turning around? Like, you know, the kind of way. So um, I think those type of things, I think in, until you actually, even though I've been, I've gotten this two weeks to study the game a bit more, watching more games, like the rules, etc., and watching the girls, like intergame, and then also their like practice match against Geelong has been good that I, I haven't just been thrown in the deep end, but it's also like I find sometimes just being thrown in is a lot better because it's like you just learn the rules as you go. So it's like I don't feel like I, like you feel, you feel pressure trying to learn a new sport and obviously want to do well and want to play at a high standard when I get there but obviously it's still going to take time to I'm not going to get everything right every time so obviously to learn how to cope with frustrations on my part with like myself and um, but to be fair the coaches like are my line coach and like the manager like he's they're brilliant so um they're kind of like like you'll you learn as you go on and you just take everything as a learning curve so and um, it's exciting like it's uh, like do you know what I mean you start like Gaelic and you learn the rules as you go when you're playing it like from a young age um, and it's kind of like that's kind of the way they want me to do with like obviously I have watched the games and seen rules but until I play it myself I won't actually you know start to comprehend them all and learn from my mistakes so no it's um it's daunting, but it's exciting because the girls are great and the management, all the club is are fantastic. They've been nothing but great help. So I actually am really excited just to see everyone instead of seeing them through Zoom calls. It's just so sick of it. <laughs> As well, with ladies football, um, we all know that there's no physicality really in the game. Does it excite you that there's going to be some sort of physicality in AFL? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very renowned for um 
getting a few sim bins now and again. Um, although not all of them are, I think were correct decisions, but however, um, yeah, no, I think definitely like I, I, my physicality would be a big aspect, even though it's obviously non-deliberate contact with ladies football. Um, but I feel like over the last few years, especially with strength and conditioning in order, like in like every team in the country, like everyone has become a lot stronger and it, it can be that bit more physical, but obviously to a certain point. So I am looking forward to um, being able to bring my physicality to this game and obviously use it more. Like I was watching a match there, like I think it was against the Bulldogs last year and Goldie like absolutely annihilate someone now and nowhere. And um, so she enjoyed it as well. I think they, I think she adapted well to it. So we'd be quite similar in that aspect. So, uh, yeah, no, I can't wait just to, it's, it's like, it's not as rough as obviously rugby, like, and it's, it's when you're tackling, it's more like you place them like down on the ground. It's not as rough as you, you think it is, but like, I still am looking forward to the physicality of it, definitely. It must be a bit different. I know I haven't settled in with the AFL yet, but I suppose when you're playing football, it's going from work at college to training and rushing all the time. But like with AFL, there's going to be, a, I suppose, a lot of recovery time, which you really wouldn't have as much recovery time in Gaelic football. Yeah, no, um, yeah, this it's going to be weird, obviously, definitely because, um, like I'm not working, I'm on a sporting visa, so I won't be working at all. And um, so definitely that can be so strange, like having like full days to myself, like even say the weekdays, like training months later and like having the morning to myself and different things like that. So yeah, no, Will, it'd be, it'd be great just to see like it, obviously the difference, but like, um, like obviously I know no better when it comes to football and um, like Gaelic and um, you just get on with it. But it'd be nice to be able to like have downtime before training like days after training like off like the whole day off after matches stuff like that so yeah it'd be great like I'm where where we will be living like it like it's not too far from the beach and stuff so like recovery sessions and and that aspect as well like which is obviously a nice touch especially if the weather's good so yeah no, it's going to be totally different and I'd say I'd say it'd be interesting to see body wise and like energy wise the difference it makes um like not having like a like a job or like college like as well as everything else. So be interesting to see. Like I I will try to do something like I know the girls done like barista courses and stuff last year just to do. So I might like do stuff like that because I'm sure like there'll be points where like just sitting around doing nothing like obviously won't be doing nothing like obviously we'll try and do as many things on my days off but you know as well like you can only do so much in like an area so hopefully get to do a few more things it's uh, been i suppose a year for you of highs and lows but mental health has really been a huge issue especially during i suppose the current lockdowns in Ireland at the moment yeah, no, definitely. Um, like I lost my stepdad to suicide, um, in October, early October. Um, so it's definitely something like, uh, like he's like I've I've had plenty of friends that struggle for mental health and I've like tried to be there for those, 
and like my stepdad has struggled like on and off for a good few years but I suppose other years like I was younger and wasn't really in tune with it and my mom obviously I think kept it away from me as much as possible like um I think it was when it was probably about six or seven no, about seven years ago um when he last had like a bad spell um but obviously this lockdown didn't help um I think it was the major I think turning point because he would he's a musician he's a bass player and he was he's been gigging with like David Keenan who's um a great musician and like playing the Olympia sold out, like was playing an electric picnic last year, etc. Like really talented musician. Um, obviously had that as an outlet. And last year he had, like, sorry, the in 2019 he had taken redundancy. Like, um, he was looking to get a new job, and heard that like he was gonna quit, and then he heard that they were giving out redundancy packages. So he just waited, and they gave redundancy packages. So he was delighted, and then he was set to like few months of like obviously with the band and then he was looking into another job like to do a course and like different things like that before going back properly and obviously not having the a job as well as then then the, the music side taken away from him like Gary would always just take the guitar out and play and I think the very start of the first lockdown we had good like craft like sessions different things like just me him my mom like out the back with good weather and stuff um all of those type of things and then he just deteriorated like it just it was getting to a point where like and it wasn't like he wasn't trying to help himself he did he got went out and like he was he wasn't a big like person to exercise or he like he was trying to make himself feel better he was like running and different things like that and um it just it just shows that like something like this and especially when so someone who already suffers with mental health um illnesses like something like a lockdown can trigger it um, and I suppose like I've from my experience and then hearing from like like the coroner and like the like the um, paramedic as well and then there was like around the corner from us like a month later a woman with three kids one one our daughter my age and her um two young sons like had committed suicide as well so like it just just it was it's just rampant at the moment and like obviously it's in Ireland it's already quite high um and I feel like it's obviously a lot higher with the la with the lockdown as well and then I think it's the, unfortunately sometimes these type of things like the like the pandemic might not affect people until down the line like it could be an on ongoing effect it might not hit them to the end so people really need to be in tune with others because unfortunately our mental health services aren't great um just from personal experience just what we've had to deal with and the way Gary was treated um just like like we done all we could um as a family and his friends and stuff like that but like it just showed like how lack like the, the system is lacking like do you know that kind of way um so it is so important like I've there's Ohana um is a, a new uh a new like suicide awareness um like like campaign that's been set up sorry and I was after I was doing like I was after I was there and I did the like the promotion of it kind of it's I think it was set up in England but it's been brought to Ireland or whatever and it's a brilliant it's a 20 minute video like kind of course and you go through like scenarios of signs for like 
family members, stranger, co-workers, so it could be anyone and obviously when it's somebody you don't know it's obviously harder and stuff but it's great like it's only 20 minutes stuff like that because it's one of those things where suicide isn't talked about like and if it is it's kind of like if someone thinks that someone is in an awkward area or they're going to do it they're kind of like use words like oh you're not going to hurt yourself or you're not whereas we don't use the word suicide enough do you know that kind of way it's like the same with depression like it's only now we're kind of talking about yes we're talking about mental health more and yes we're like trying to do more as a society ourselves rather than our, our government giving us you know put more into it but we also don't use the word suicide so it's more just kind of being aware that you're able to use the word suicide especially if someone is is or has suicidal tendencies so um no sorry I, it's something i'm very passionate about obviously with everything i've gone through and it's just something that i think especially with everything that's gone on with the pandemic it's something that people need to be really in tune with as i said ireland's already rampant for it um and it's only it's only gotten worse this year and hopefully hopefully it won't get any worse and hopefully we can adapt to it sooner rather than later but unfortunately it's just one of those areas that is um very under like like budgeted for and stuff like that like i think uh, john of god's and Dublin like I think is look there they might be closing down their brilliant facility for mental health like they specialize in it and because they can't get the funding from the government I, I, they were talking about that they're going to be closed in a year or two so stuff like that like and they like they were brilliant when Gary was in that facility he went to a different facility after but when he was there he um they were great as well so just it's sad to think that like those type of places do you know what I mean are being shut down so it's just so important that everyone else in general in society is equipped and more like capable of talking about it and um, just so it's not something that's like kind of a stranger thing kind of do you know what I mean like foreign thing to talk about and there has been some sort of awareness on social media but do you feel as well with like when people are sharing stuff on social media that they don't actually know enough about mental health and that some people are only sharing it maybe because other people are. Yeah, like I think though I think social media in general for things are like that and the whole reason why we use social media and why platforms use social use social media is to share things and whether people are aware of it or not. I suppose it is people I have been and, and do like like share things like and about mental health and I like Jimmy you know I mean? like people are guilty of doing it and not kind of understanding it that's why I mean like the type the likes of like the course Ohana like even if you haven't been yourself like like known of like are you haven't been suffering or you you know we don't know of anyone that's suffering at least that's something that will help rather than just share sharing or like donating to like a cause yes that's brilliant and yes that does like obviously provide some some sort of awareness but it also as you said like sometimes people are sharing things and they haven't they don't know and like it that's okay not to know like it is one of those things that people like like to be honest I think it's something that needs to be brought into schools to talk about more mental like mental health and stuff like that so I think that's the type of thing that should be ingrained from when we're quite young up you know that way um, but until then, like, as you said, like, yes, share things, yes, donate, yes, do things to promote um, us talking and being aware of mental health and suicide. But 
if you can do if if you're sharing it and you haven't a clue and about different things um or even like the likes of how to deal with someone that has mental health like issues like like the likes of ohana is brilliant because it does like yes you're sharing yes you're and um, making other people aware but you also get you gain something from it so that hopefully could help someone's life down the line whether you think you'll you'll never be like like met with that type of scenario but you never know like and i suppose after a, a tough summer was this good for your own mental health do you think going back to the dublin lady footballers in 2020 yeah 100 percent um i don't i think i spoke before on the 42 emma that like i think if it had and this had happened to my family I think it would have been a lot harder like I wasn't working I wasn't playing anything and um, I think I would have taken it a lot differently like obviously it's still obviously um, like massive like like loss for us and like devastating but like the fact that I was able to go out still to work. I was working in, in a school like and I was able to teach and then I was also able to go back and play football and let out like forget about everything for two hours you know what I mean and have the girls and the management that were so supportive the whole way through it there like there was times where like played matches or like in-house matches and there's frustrations or like things that weren't going right like on the pitch that would normally happen and you're able to just deal with it but um like whereas this time around it was like it was kind of like oh yeah like it, it was happening um like sorry those things were happening but like I was finding at the very start anyway to like hard kind of like the frustrations were turning into like emotions and I was getting way more upset about things because it was all just kind of jumbled up whereas I still had that to like I was allowed to do that and like as in like I was still able to like be upset and get like that and then I was able like then it was fine do you know what I mean whereas like I think if I hadn't got an outlet to even allow myself to, to become like that I think I would have built a lot of it up and um I think it just in general getting out doing any type of exercise and especially when you're in a group scenario it's very easy to like forget about things for two hours um, so no, it definitely, definitely really helped me in my my own mental health. Um, like as in, like it just, I think that was in the All Ireland, like that, like this or 2020, like was, def was definitely like probably my most cherished. Just with everything, like being able to still go out and play with what happened with me, but also like during a pandemic and still be able to play like with girls and be a part of um, a setup that. I really love so no I definitely um it, it really did and it just shows how much a team can help someone through stuff like this. And the influences on your career um I suppose with your father playing for Dublin Johnny and then um your uncle of course Darren McGee as well playing with Dublin were they major influences on your career? Yeah no definitely um I suppose when I was younger um, I was like nursery four and five, like four or five years old, watching nursery and croaks, and was more just there for the social aspect. Loved it. like I was always giving out, like the teachers used to just give out about me just chatting. Like literally, anyone would tell you, like I, I talked to the most, I'd say awkward person, and they wouldn't speak a word to me, but I'd still like have a conversation with them anyway, like as if they were still talking back to me. 
and same with when I was younger going starting Gaelic all I did was chat and remember the first ever match was against Bowden like my underage like one of the first competitive matches or whatever like obviously very still very young and all I did was chat to my opponent and the ball was going by and dad was like shouting at me but I had like I didn't care like and uh, I think at that point I think he was kind of like she's never going to get into this and then I think I don't know it just came and I think I realized that I enjoyed it and that I was good and then like watching I always watch them anyway and I love watching them but like when it came to mind it was more of a social obviously football is social but in the sense like I literally just talked I didn't play and um, but yeah no they've definitely been a big a huge influence like as in they're so involved with like my underage teams now and again with croaks um like they'd come in and do you know what I mean they weren't like sometimes I find like <laughs> With, especially with girls football, uh, ladies football, like underage, like, like some some teams, like the parents can become involved and it's very obvious, like, do you know what I mean? They get like too attached to their own child or different things like that. It was never like that. Dad was never afraid to pull me up on anything and same with Darren, but they were great. They were both um, massive help with our club team all the way up. Um, like they weren't proper management, but they did come in and out helping a different, like failure or different, like say, leading up to a final and stuff like that but now definitely watching them and their like their commitment to Dublin as well as Croaks obviously and then dad going back with Croaks and management and stuff like it just show like they just they've all, I've always looked up to them and they're the type of people that like me dad my dad might shout at me at the sideline and might not listen to him on the day but like I would never be like we'd always I'd be well able to have a conversation with him after and him be like he's able to tell me things that I didn't do well or I have like need to work on or like things I have done well and it's never like as I said bias or do you know what I mean so um no they definitely have been really really big influences and lucky to have them because like do you know what I mean some people some parents like obviously it doesn't make a whole lot of difference for some people if their parents aren't involved but I think sometimes like parents can love football and like but haven't really a clue whereas like like they both have a football and brain so it's it's been been a great help for me in my career like anyways and there's some sort of a satisfaction with Dublin now um it didn't look like a while where Dublin going to get over the line but to complete four in a row now and be a force in ladies football and I suppose with the year everyone has had it must be so satisfying yeah no definitely um I find that like I think especially like I was there in 2016 when we lost and then I was only brought in from minor in 2015 so like I I really like I was there for that loss but like I I'd only started playing training with them for a few months um so I didn't really feel that the, the tree like losses do you know what I mean um and but like but it came across from all the other girls and you could see the hurt and how hard it is to go again especially when you're like literally like I like the last hurdle like and like being so close every time not being like do you know what I mean like hammered like in the sense like sometimes you can take like a, a beating if it's literally if you've been hammered it can be annoying and embarrassing but if you're hammered you're like oh fair enough whereas like so close every time but yeah no it is it's just it's great and it's it's an amazing feeling especially for those girls who went through that loss to be able to be there with them and to see how like strong they are as players and, and individuals to be able to pick themselves up after three losses in a row 
to then go out and turn it around and be four, like, you know what I mean? Four, like after that. So yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. And like, it just, it just shows like, there was already a great setup there with like, and to get to three all Ireland's, the, the management like done so well before, do you know what I mean? It's not like they weren't like they, they had put in so much work with the girls, but like, it just, it just like we did, there needed to be a change and there needed to be kind of something fresh and just that the management team we have now like Mick saying on for another year like is amazing them it just it just they're just amazing in what they do they're there's just every little detail like no stones gone unturned like you know what I mean they put in everything so uh, between the players that we have and the leaders we have on the team that have been there for so many years and then the management it just it makes as well so now it's been great and like we never take it like one like two in a row three in a row before it's just the next game and you have to play the process I think if you start like thinking yourself oh four in a row five in a row do you know what I mean you, you lose sight of what's like there in front of you you need to win the first match you need to win the second match game two game three do you know what I mean so yeah it's satisfying obviously winning four all Ireland's after as I said the team going from three to four like three loses to four win is amazing but um yeah, it's still like their memories that I'll always cherish. The Lady Sisters um, documentary 2017, when you won the All-Ireland, what was that like, I suppose, having cameras in dressing rooms for the full year? Um, yeah, I suppose it was a big gamble in our on our behalf in the sense of because we had lost three years in a row as well. Um, the... I sorry, my head's gone blank. But the guy who was the cameraman used to play for Galway. Go, he was a goalie for Galway, so he he knew not to be like too much of a burden. Do you know what I mean? He knew what like not to be too in our faces or so it was. It was something that we were very conscious of, and um, they weren't. They didn't overset the mark, and it was just kind of after the first few sessions, you just kind of got used to it. So it was, um, it was something that was like, if we lose, like it's, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's kind of shy that like they're, they're like the cameras are there and it's going to be like, then this, this documentary is going to come out after like losing. But the fact that we won just made it so much better. And it was just to promote, it to promote ladies football. It wasn't like, oh, this is Dublin. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it was a documentary on us, but like the amount of girls that I would have played with, with college football, I just were like, it was a great documentary and it like promoted ladies football as a whole. Do you know what I mean? And that, that was the aim. So no, yeah, no, it was, as I said, like the first few sessions were weird, but like after that it was grand. Absolutely. And as well, what's for you especially, what's the most special thing about playing football for a Dublin for you? Um, I suppose representing just like myself or like my myself, my family um, is definitely the biggest part. Um, like you want to go out and you want to represent, like you want to represent like Dublin at a high standards and it means so much for my family, do you know what I mean? For my, like to play um, for Dublin and like obviously if, like big like Dublin roots with my dad and my uncle but I think in general like just especially over the years how many fans we have and those type of things you want to go out and you want to represent like Dublin at a high standard for your friends your family and for the fans so definitely that that would mean like just it just it means a lot anyway like if, if 
play football obviously I love football but the fact that like you're able to go out play at a high standard and also represent like a, your account your county that means so much to you and so much to your fans and like to family and friends it that's definitely why I think we do it like yes you want to go out you want to play football but you also want to represent um Dublin at a high standard and that's the reason why and just two questions finally. Um, who would you say is has been your toughest opponent? Oh, definitely a good few. Um, I'd have to say someone who is like I love to mark in because she was so like so tough to mark. Um, it's definitely Fiona McHale, um, from Mayo. Um, she's just a phenomenal footballer. Um. She just like is a workhorse. So like try you know, marking her, you're going to be in the game. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you're you're marking someone, like especially in midfield, like yes, you can do your own kind of stuff, but when you're marking someone and they, they don't they're not playing, like do you know what I mean? They might not be in the game as much. You kind of feel like you're kind of um, might be in no man's land sometimes. And um, whereas when you're marking the likes of Fiona McHale, um she's so difficult to mark. Um but like it's a great battle. Do you know what I mean? Like the two was had a few tiff or tasks kind of a things. But no, she's definitely I'd say over the last few years anyway. Like there's there, I could name like loads of different players, but she definitely is someone that like stands out for um like playing against. And um, she just as I said, she's just one of those players that is up and down the pitch. She's winning kickouts. She's assisting in in like scoring. She's delivering balls in, but. Yeah, no, she's a fantastic footballer. So I think I definitely think like she's been one of the hardest people to mark. And finally, um, the best player you played with. Oh, that's a. <laughs> I don't think you can like. Can I even answer that? Um, I don't know. Like, suppose like I'm I'm involved with a team that has so many different players, like. When you look at the likes of Goldie, he's definitely one of them. Um, with how like much of a workhorse, how determined she is, fast, like strong, like defensively, she's savage. Do you know what I mean? She devour anyone. But then, like, you have to look at like the likes of like our forwards, and um, and then like you have like the likes of Sinead Hearn as well that I've been very privileged to play with the last few years and her leadership as well. Um, like she's like her her like ability to kick like points under pressure like our semi-final against Mayo like in 2016 when like it was so far out and she popped it over the bar like it was nothing and obviously to her like it didn't feel like that but it just looks so effortless I find that yeah I think they're two big leaders and two fantastic footballers and like just so like good at the game and just great friends but also two like people that are so approachable as well they're not just they're not just fantastic footballers or fantastic people as well so I definitely well like there's so much more um people on the team that you could pick but I'll go with those two for now well uh thanks a million for your time Laura and best of luck uh, with all of the FF